1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cancelled Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibbiani. I'm a
0: critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic, and people call me, well, I'm known by many names, uh, Fluffy Puffle. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not one of my nicknames. Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna go on a long list. I am Fluffy Sorry.
1: Puffle, Lord Bloodmite, and <laughs> Sven. Long story short, my name is Rosebud. <laughs> uh yeah, welcome back to Cancelled Too Soon. It's a new year. Uh but as with all, as always, we're talking about old stuff. <laughs> and uh it's a new year. But failure continues. Failure continues apace. (laughs) Constantly. And, uh, you know, every season on uh, Cancel Too Soon, uh, we like to dedicate at least one month, give or take, uh, to the recent failures. The Mm. shows that had all the buzz, had all the press, had all the opportunities in the world, and tanked after one season or less. There's never any Mm. shortage of these. Every, 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 every year. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're bad, and we're going to find out.
0: There's at least 50 to choose from. Like, you compile a list, and Mm -hmm. I come up with, like, a couple, but yeah, it's... And we talk it out, obviously. We we talk it out, but uh, yeah. Yeah. This one is a pretty high-profile failure. That's right. That we're talking about this week. It's the second show from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that was
1: canned unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sorry. When you put it that way, yes. Because we did a whole season of like failed Marvel shows. Mm. But yeah, this is the one that was supposed to be a Marvel Universe big show that. um... Fuck it, it's Hellstrom. (laughs) It's mom. The thing that's got a hold of her. It's gotten stronger. This family's unnatural behavior. I've never experienced anything like it what happened to them it wasn't some random family tragedy their father was evil and mother cursed him for discovering the truth there are other forces at play here the demons so powerful he could wipe out all of mankind kind.
0: We can't do this alone.
1: If we put them together now?
0: Then we'll be go back.
1: Please tell me the is dead. Hellstrom, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. the Son of Satan, which is a much better name for a show. They should have
0: just called it the Son of Satan. Okay, um... Hellstrom is the second show, a uh, second MCU show we've covered on Cancel Too Soon. The first one was Inhumans, which was quite bad, mm-hmm. uh, and had a very strange premise of uh, people who were living on the moon, and they, <laughs> and they had a, a, a superhero making box, and if you stepped inside and you became a superhero, you got to be uh, royalty, and if you stepped inside and didn't become a superhero, you're a slave, and it was really shitty, and then they're on Earth. Mm. Don't forget the teleport, dog. Oh, that's right, and they have a gigantic teleport dog, which used to be a person. Yep, and they stepped into the superhero box and they came became a gigantic bulldog.
1: And now everyone treats them like dog. Now uh, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it was such a bad show. It was really bad. It's one of the weirder comic book premises that they went like, just whole hog into, uh-huh. and yeah, they didn't unlock it. And uh-huh. on and if they had, if they did have some good ideas or or whatever. They did not have the budget. That show looked cheap. It's <laughs> a big it... fanciful premise and it looked like it was shot mm. at like a disused office mm. park. Like, oh, look for most of
0: moon. it. Here's a superhero, superhero character who's going to fall in with some
1: humans and he's just going to hang out on a weed mm. farm. Yeah. This is a giant palace on the moon. Here's a concrete slab. Here's a puddle <laughs> of water. <laughs>
0: We believe in, in like, a very fatalist-looking architecture here. Uh, This show, Hellstrom, is equally cheap, because although it's about the son of Satan and demonic possession and agents from the Vatican and secret demon-hunting cabals, it takes place mostly in cars, one-cell room... A basement that's not very well decorated, and a lot of gas stations.
1: A lot of gas stations.
0: For so there's days. a lot, a lot of time on the road. Uh, it takes place between Portland and San Francisco, and a lot of time is spent driving between
1: those two cities. Mm-hmm. And um, you just kind of summed it up right there. <laughs> This feels like it's just driving from one place to another, regardless of whether or not it gets there. Um, so Hellstrom Mm -hmm. is based on a Marvel comic from the 1970s called Son of Satan. A character made their debut, I believe, in Ghost Rider, and then became a semi-regular in a lot of comics like, um, The Defenders, Mm -hmm. um... But uh, the, but the the original premise was this character Damon Hellstrom hmm. uh, was literally the son of Satan. Marvel has a variety of demonic creatures which are Satan adjacent without actually being the Judeo Christian God of Evil, hmm. um, so to speak. Um, so he was the son of one of them. Depending on which version of the comic I've read, he's either like the son of Mephisto or satanish, which is just sort of S- like, wait, wait. are you Satan? Well, he's Satan-ish, no, satan-ish. yeah. I always thought that one was weird. Um, and uh, he had a sister named Satana. Mm. And uh, get it? And uh, yeah, he... Rejected and, and he, his satanic heritage and decided to use his supernatural powers to fight the forces of evil. Uh, Not a bad premise. Look up pictures of Son, Son of Satan from the 70s. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. it's spectac- he's got a big red cape, no shirt, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like demonic little horn hair, glowing red eyes, and a big pentagram carved into his chest. Yeah. He's got and tight red pants and big boots and a, a flaming pitchfork.
1: Like, it's not subtle. That's,
0: uh, that's the son of Satan. Yeah, it's super
1: comic book superhero. And again, this way this came from an era of Marvel comics where the supernatural was suddenly pretty big business. You had comics like uh Tomb of Dracula and Ghost Rider, and then mm-hmm. eventually Blade. And these were horror comics, basically. Yeah, like they there were was... they were getting their version of horror stories done in comic book format. They had found kind of a groove. Audiences were interested, and Yet, because they were comics code approved, there was only so much they could kind of do with it, and it ended up feeling like just, basically just, here's another superhero story, but instead of calling them mutants mm. or supervillains, they're demons. And right. It's
0: kind of there just was the same a, thing over and over. In the 1990s, they kind of started bundling all of these demonic superheroes together and sort of pushing them out as their sort of own corner of the Marvel universe. Because mm-hmm. there was like the X-Men universe, that's all the mutant stuff uh there was the and, Spider-Man universe yeah the whole Spider-Man like, Spider-Man had his, all of his ancillary villains and then all of these demonic ones i think the figurehead was probably ghost rider of of uh, this universe uh,
1: yeah ghost rider but uh, yeah. but
0: yeah, there was like the son of dracula and blade was in there um, morbius the living vampire uh there was a, a the marvel comics version of the necronomicon a book called the dark hold i oh, uh, yeah. played very largely in this and in fact one of the dark hold redeemers uh shows up on this show
1: Oh, which one was
0: um, that? It was uh, Hastings, uh, Agent Hastings. Oh, what, okay. What's her first name? Louise Hastings. Oh, okay. Uh, Lu- the Louise Hastings character from Hellstrom—I uh, didn't realize was from the comics. Okay, yeah, it was, was one what? of the Darkhold Redeemers, and it's the, this cool. It's actually this cool, like X Files knockoff, where hmm. people are. Like, evil demons were spreading pages of this evil book around, and people were reading from the the pages and getting demonic superpowers, and it was up to, like, these three good guys to stop it. Yeah. That, that's a good premise
1: for a weekly demonic show. And uh, basically, so basically what happened was Marvel Comics did their superhero thing. They started running a little low, on, and, yeah, the, the mm. well started running a little dry, so they decided to inject some supernatural in there, and that's kind of what was happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or at least their TV arm as well, where, okay, we've done a lot of the superhero stuff. What else do we got? Because Marvel has literally thousands of characters. Mm. How can we expand this and make it interesting? Well, Marvel was doing some television series on Hulu. I saw their show Runaways, and I actually really liked it. Mm. Um, I didn't see their show Cloak and Dagger. I heard mixed things. Um, But uh, one of their ideas was we're going to do a series of... Supernatural themed Marvel superhero shows And we're going to call it Put it all under the banner Of Adventure into Fear Okay So it was going to feature Old timey comic book title Yeah, it was going to feature The uh, TV show version of Ghost Rider From Agents of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Played by Gabriel Luna Who played uh, the Rev-9 Terminator And Terminator Dark Fate
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, and then uh, and Hellstrom. These are going to be the first two, uh, big ones. And if these were successful, presumably, uh, they would have done more. Spoiler alert: It's on this show. <laughs> so no, <laughs> there will not be more of these. Uh,
0: but uh, but to Hell Hellstrom, uh, Damon Hellstrom, uh, like all the comic book characters, has a long varied history, and uh, they. Killed him off and brought him back. It, he was seen as this sort of cheesy throwback that was sort of abandoned at one point. And then mm. they brought him back in this wave of the 90s uh, when they co- started calling it the Midnight Suns, S-O-N-S. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I remember and,
0: uh And Hellstorm was part of this, H-E-L-L-S-T-O-R-M. Yeah, even though his and, name uh, is actually Hellstrom. Yeah, there was... Uh, and in the 90s, they turned him into essentially like this Broody the Crow type character. We had this long hair and... Walked around, still no shirt, but now he's got like a long trench coat and he's in a darkened mansion. And uh, he previously married a character named Hellcat. Mm-hmm. But in the '90s, they turned Hellcat into like she had like looked at Satan and went completely insane, and now she's kept in a padded cell in the attic, like in Jane Eyre.
1: Oh, I didn't hear and about that. That's yeah, weird, yeah. yeah uh,
0: Hel- Hellcat is insane in the attic in That's... in these '90s Hellstorm that comics. Sucks. And <laughs> I uh, actually
1: really like Hellcat a lot. Hellcat hmm. was in the uh, Jessica Jones Netflix series. Okay, and uh, there was an incredible uh, series they did, a comic book series they did of her. Um, and within the last 10 years, where she started up a job placement business for superheroes. Like, oh, I'm, I have superpowers, but I hate being a superhero. Okay, let's find you a good job <laughs> do, using that <laughs> power. And it was really, okay, really, I'm, really, really, really fun. I want to see that just that show. It was delightful, mm. and
0: God, I wish they would you know, do that show. Uh, the, the premise of... This '90s comic, and I'm telling you all about this because I liked it, and I, I read it, and I loved it at the time. It was okay. like really kind of important to me at the time. I like how uh, you were was, reading
1: at the time; that always bodes well. Oh, well I mean, I,
0: I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to read these <laughs> cheesy, dumb comics I read in the '90s. But uh, it it was about him sort of wrestling. You know, he's part human, but he's a, you know son of Satan, and it's eventually about how he comes to be become the new Satan. And this is. Satan. There's no uh, putting a Marvel spin on it in this comic. These were mm. like actual legit deities. Yeah, they were by, really... by the '90s, I think no. they'd
1: given up on the, the pretense. Yeah, and, mostly. And, and some I, it, are, t- some it took them a lot still of it
0: took and... a lot of inspiration from like the Neil Gaiman comics, which mm. were were big at the time, I like Death and,
1: and Sandman. There was a there was a period in the Daredevil comics, a great run by mm. uh, was written by Ann Nocenti, mm. uh, which is actually my favorite run of Daredevil. Like a lot of people love like the really tough like Wilson Fisk. Uh mm. stories. I like the one where it was actually Daredevil dealing with demons from hell. It was a Catholic mm. horror story starring Daredevil. And he's Catholic. So he's, yeah, I mean. exactly. He's a very Catholic mm. hero. So it made a lot of sense and it was really good.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah. They they didn't do deal with a lot of like Catholic or Christian imagery. They came up with like their own designs and their own mythology, but there was no reason to believe that these weren't actual Satan and actual God at play here. Right. Um,
1: and there was a lot of cool designs and fun stories uh, at the time. Uh, <laughs> the 90s were a very yeah. specific era. Try to look up what DC did to Dr. Fate in the 90s. <laughs> oh my God, what they did to Dr. The, Fate in the 90s. The, he looked ridiculous.
0: And Hellstorm was enough of a hit that the same makers resurrected another goofy, uh, like villainish character from the 70s named Dr. Druid.
1: Only, oh, I remember that. Only yeah. they just
0: called him druid now. And, uh, he was, yeah, like this basement dwelling guy who was covered in moss and it's like, I can control plants now. How is, how is that useful? Well, you ate broccoli earlier and he explodes cause he makes the broccoli grow out of his stomach. Really? Uh, that happened in a comic okay, book. That's yeah, That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> you have some plant matter in your stomach. <laughs> You're dead. That's kind of fun. yeah. Uh, in the intervening years since that 90s comic, they introduced some new wrinkles into Hellstorm and essentially explained away any kind of actual Judeo-Christian mythology. And these are all like Marvel deities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not Satan, it's Satanish.
1: Yeah, Which uh, is weird because Marvel has actual deities. They have Thor, they have Hercules, hmm. but for whatever reason, well, they, they've always shied away from the Christian stuff. And well, I guess they, they don't want to have, offend uh, anybody because those are yeah. active religions. People still yeah, genuinely like, also, worship uh, at those altars.
0: Um uh, Marvel also has their own pantheon of gods. There's things like Eternity and Infinity and the Living Tribunal. These are like, co- they call them cosmic entities, but they're essentially gods. What are they call them? They call um, them,
1: um, they them like Elders of the Universe or something? Something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I've seen them in comics before. Uh, my point is that over the years, they've tried to take a lot of the demon stuff out of the Son of Satan. To the point where we come to the Hellstrom TV show. And it is about demonic possession. But Satan isn't in this show. The son of Satan isn't in this show. In fact, uh, Damon Hellstrom and his sister, not Satana, just Anna, uh, are now the children of a serial killer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's actually weirdly
1: complicated uh, because but, they're, they're, they're the son of... The, okay, so they're obviously they have two parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, their father was a serial killer who may or may not have either been possessed by a demon or been a demon. But yeah. wasn't Satan as far as we can tell. And their mother was a normal person, but she spends the majority of this series possessed by a demon who also refers to itself as mother because it is the mother of demons, but it is not specifically the mother of the son of Satan and the daughter of Satan, who are not the son of Satan and the daughter of Satan. No. Get it? And uh, in in the comics,
0: Lilith is is a character, Mm. like biblical
1: Lilith, if you study that sort of thing. Yeah, um, when she was the first uh, creation of the Garden of Eden, God yeah. was like, whoops, and then yeah, oh, oh, she, now she's she's demonized, literally. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and,
0: yeah, and in a lot of uh, subsequent literature, she's been transformed into a literal demon, and in, yeah. in Marvel Comics, that's the version they went with, is this demonic, evil person. Um, but this isn't Lilith. This is Mother, which is confusing, because the character is also their mother. Yes! So when they say Mother, you're not really sure who they're referring to.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of that um, in this. Um,
0: uh, the, I'll give some props to Elizabeth Marvel, the actress who plays Mother slash Victoria, their mother, because she's able to
1: switch back and forth between these characters pretty well. I think Elizabeth Marvel is the MVP of Marvel. us say Marlowe. Elizabeth Mar- Marvel, I think she's mm-hmm. the MVP of this series. I think she's... It, yeah, that's fair. I think she's, again, she's got... That and and Sidney Lemon's hair and outfits. Oh my goodness. We'll talk about those in a minute. But um, this show is so much affect and so monotone in its presentation a lot of the time that it's hard for anyone to break out of it. And the only person who is able to consistently do so, I think, is Elizabeth Marvel, because her character is actually the one who isn't trying to be emotionally detached. Yeah. So many of the other characters have to be either completely emotionally detached or have only one note of emotional attachment. And that emotional attachment is irony being flip or defensive. And Elizabeth with Marvel is a al- lot. Why do I keep saying Marvel? <laughs> she's allowed to feel things openly hmm. a lot. And she's allowed to do that as a victim and as a villain. And she's really good at flipping between the two. She, I think she gives a strong performance here. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, I, that's more than I can say for the guy who's playing Hellstrom. The title, the one of the two title character, I guess they're all the three of them are all Hellstroms. Yeah, it's a family. Uh, It's a family
1: show. actually. It really is a show Uh, very much about family, although not in that fun, fast and furious way. Oh,
0: This is on Hulu, by the way. It's still on Hulu right now. And it was it
1: was canned in December. So this is, Mm -hmm. you know, well, it was canned in December, but it aired. uh, It it premiered on October 16th, 2020. Hmm. Um, And uh, I think they all yeah, they all came out the same day. So boom. They just finally decided not to pick up. In fact, actually, it seemed like, um, I remember what, at the time, I was like, did they forget to cancel that? <laughs> and then finally Hulu was like, no, we canceled it. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, because we didn't think you wanted to do any more of those. And it was like,
0: <laughs> we did not. But, uh, but Damon Hellstrom, uh, Hellstorm, the Prince of Lies. Mm-hmm. No he, one calls him that in the show. No. no you just uh, call him Hellstrom. He, he's uh, just handsome bloke played by British actor Tom Austin. Mm-hmm. And in this version
1: of the story, he is an ethics professor. Hmm. Which you would and, think would be uh, important in some way. Maybe he'd talk about ethics or ethical at, conundrums at, or be interested all, in yeah. them vaguely. And,
0: well, no. I think the, the only reason they introduced this notion that he's an ethics professor is the only thing explaining why the characters late in the series are reluctant to kill a possessed person because they understand they're taking a life and that's unethical. You don't need uh, to be an ethics professor no, to understand that basic premise. No, but consider, you know, this is the superhero universe and people kind of kill willy nilly in this universe or that's they at true. least charge in with their fists, you know, ready to punch. Mm-hmm. it It's a little bit refreshing, although they had to bend over backwards and cha- like et- introduce this premise that he's an ethics professor it's nice that they're concerned with human life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ha- they have, they're true. concerned with human life. and It's, uh, it's weird it's,
1: how they're more concerned with human life on this horror series uh, than many of the superhero shows for yeah. all ages that we've got bandying yeah. about. Um, so his, uh, his sister, uh, Anna, is played by Sidney Lemon. So I looked her up. She is Jack Lemmon's granddaughter.
0: No shit. Yeah, I didn't, didn't know that. Yeah, I did, didn't know that until after I'd watched uh, the show.
1: Uh, she's been on uh, Fear of the Walking Dead and Succession. This is like her biggest role uh, mm. to date. Uh, she uh, plays... Okay, so Hellstrom and... Uh, well, sorry, they're both Hellstrom. Damon and Anna were separated as kids after their father was mysteriously taken out in some way, in a way we actually never see in season one. Um, he was raised by nuns. Uh, and she was considered damaged goods because when her father went out killing people, he would take her with him. Hmm. So she, in would... an attempt to bring her over to the dark side, so he he was showing her like how to bury
0: bodies and stuff. So yeah. she yeah, she's she's pretty damaged by that experience. Yes,
1: yeah. and and indeed she is. But as an adult, uh, while he's an ethics professor trying to take care of his mom in an insane asylum every night. Um, she has become a successful auctioneer dealing with like rare and supernatural antiquities and also has a tidy side business as a serial killer herself, but she kills other serial killers, which as the TV show Dexter taught us is fine.
0: Yeah, it's it's okay if you murder people so long as they also murdered.
1: Yeah. And the idea is that you, she's you can, like... I mean, again, you could see
0: that as a vigilante, but... Of course she is. It's a horror show, so it feels like she's a serial killer. And, yeah, uh, and they play it that for, way. The first they, time they we see that this it. this is
1: like her dad was a serial killer. She's got... There's a, there's a part in the show where she's been through so much with her mom and the demons and everything mm-hmm. that she's just like, oh, I just got so much pent-up energy, got... Alright, I need to kill somebody. It's, <laughs> it's it's like it's like if you quit smoking and then it's just like everything horrible thing, like you lose your job and so you somebody go, care about dies. You go and by a whole curtain. Yeah. yeah, it's like that's the idea, is that she's falling off the serial hmm. killer wagon, even though we saw her kill someone in the first episode, so it's only been like a week. So Yeah, she pushed a guy off a roof. Yeah. yeah um,
0: she she runs an auction house, yeah. uh, and she's Has access to a lot of rare antiquities as a result, and uh, her best friend,
1: uh, also Yen,
0: yen, uh, also works at this auction house. Sorry,
1: that was my computer making that noise. Uh uh
0: Played by an actor I really like named Alain Uy. And uh, wouldn't you know it, into their possession comes a demon skull. Yeah. Or a vampire skull. It's some kind of no, it's, monster skull. it's a skull. demon skull. It's okay. a demon's
1: It's the skull of a demon. It has only one eye. The skull makes no sense. And I don't mean that I, in terms I, of yeah. like, oh, it's got one eye. I mean... We're looking at the actual physical design of the skull, and looking at like where the eye is and mm. stuff, and real like Michelle was. It'd be like, like it's, it's a, a little man. off
0: center, and it's like close to the mouth. Even or that's that. not
1: the problem. The problem is that like the socket isn't designed in such a way to keep an eyeball contained. You know how like your eye oh. sockets actually like curve a little bit, so that your eye just doesn't fall out. Mm. This one doesn't even do that. Well, like it's, it looks, it's not well designed. It, it looks... Cr- well, first of all, it's a demon. Who cares about the design? But it's existing within physical space, yeah, so we can it,
0: tell when it looks like it, it looked like the eyeball had exploded, like the, the skull was all fractured, but it was still, you know, in you know, intact. Yeah. And uh, over the course of the first half of the season, uh, Yen, Chris Yen, will uh, become kind of addicted to the skull, like, yeah. he, he finds that there's this weird thing, like, this weird hypnotic thing drawing him to the skull, and he ends up, like, starting stabbing himself with the fangs of the skull, and that's mm-hmm. giving him, like, Renfield powers, essentially, and he, he ends up moving into a basement and eating rats and Because stuff. by
1: that point, you might as well face it. You're addicted mm-hmm. to skull.
0: I thought you were going to make a Renfield joke, but No, right. no, I was, yeah, I was already,
1: I was doing an to love. You put a bug in your mouth. I did not. <laughs> of course you would go for Dracula dead and Love. Of course it. I would. Yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, oh, and by the way, and one of the key differences between uh, Damon and Anna is Damon is a working class guy, and Anna is a rich lady mm. who wears fancy clothes, has an impeccable hairstyle, and, like, bulks at, like, normal people food. Mm. Oh, this has so many carbs. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'll say this. Whoever dressed her did an excellent job. Yep. Um, they gave her this sort of like Louise Brooks hairdo with like mm. the, the sharp bangs and really kind of tiny, very bob cut. few people can pull it's, off those yeah, it's a really, really it's striking haircut. And they kept on giving her like these weird looking fur coats and like l- these like leather bodysuits mm. and stuff. She's supposed she to stand like a su- out when she yeah. walks in the room. She looked, she looked like a superhero. Yeah. She had like almost a superhero outfit. All she was missing was like a big symbol on her chest. Uh, they,
1: they were raised in the absence uh, of their parents uh, by two people who are also important supporting characters uh, He was raised by Louise Hastings uh, She's the head of the psychiatric hospital mm. uh, Where his mom is staying uh, ex nun as well ex nun mm. uh, Knows about all the demon stuff um, And um, she's got some secrets And uh, she was actually raised in the foster system Which they thought was fine And I'm like, no They're like, no, oh, both of these kids are so damaged She's more damaged Let's throw her into the system And that will be fine. (laughs) Great. Uh But um, she was uh, periodically taken care of as a youth uh, by a character named Caretaker. I hated that. Oh, my God. They keep calling him Taker. And I'm like, dude, we need to talk about the way the show labels things. But we'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Uh, But the character is played by Robert Wisdom, who is a very good actor. Oh yeah. I was yeah. I was a big big fan of him on The Wire. He played the uh police chief who in season 3 decided we're just going to stop prosecuting drug offenses. Uh, we're just going to not do it. We're just uh, going to let them do their own thing. We don't care and we're just going to focus on everything else and everyone will be happy and it talked about the moral and ethical ramifications of that and it was a really good season of television. Um so I like him a lot, but boy is he trapped. In a thankless role. Well,
0: I'm thinking of the uh, the Highlander series for a second here. Yeah, remember the Highlander series the the Immortals, and they're called the Immortals. Yep, are trying to kill each other so they can get the prize, which is a prize. It's vague, actually. It's, for yeah, most and, of it. and a lot of the labels in that show were simply you know, these vague, broad like, it's like
1: oh, yeah, we, we, have are, to go we to, are the watchers. We the watchers. watch over you doing these and things. We have to
0: go to the field and fight the tree in order to get the prize for mm-hmm. the anointment. You know, whatever it was. They didn't have like jargon, which would have been just as dumb, but at least it would have made it sound unique. There's no jargon in this show, and I hate that. <laughs> there's no jar- what do you mean there's no jargon? They right. call him the caretaker. They could have called him like the, the gargox throg- or, you know, get, mm-hmm. pulled
1: out some nonsense word. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird because they want to label everything, but they don't go far enough to make it fun. Like, yeah, there's an organization we find out about mm. where they fight demons, and they've got this whole system of that. And we'll talk, we'll walk you through the plot. There's actually not that much of it. Um, in fact, yeah, this, every the, single every ten, single episode ten, one feels hour,
0: really bad. Yeah, there's ten one-hour episodes. A lot of this could have been fit into like a two-part thirty-minute show. This could
1: have been a two-hour movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say it right now, this could have been a tight. Probably unremarkable, but pretty good hmm. two hour movie. They did not have as much material as I think they thought they did. Mm. But in any case, uh, but there's this old secret organization that is a bunch of humans who are fighting all these demons and they call themselves the Blood. And we have to talk about them in those terms constantly.
0: What do the blood feel about the blade?
1: The caretaker
0: has to go to the blood and they have to get the knife, which is the the blade of the blade of the knife.
1: And I know you you enjoy it when they go a little goofy with it. But at the same time, I'm really tired of this kind of really forced world building where Mm. we're not introducing the world. We're introducing the labels. Mm -hmm. We're telling people that this is cool before we tell people what it is.
0: uh, And as a
1: result, we have no connection to it.
0: This is something that actually leaked down from the boom of YA fiction uh, Mm. in the early 2000s. Where uh, a lot of those series, uh, film and book series, were devoted more to world building than they were to
1: story or characters. I think that I it think something, something you, like you could. I've read a lot of sci-fi yeah. novels from like the eighties and nineties that did shit like that okay, too. I, yeah, I think I think it's a bit of a of it was a genre pop, tradition. Maybe
0: so, yeah. but it was certainly popular. It c- came to the fore in uh, the popular consciousness mm-hmm. with stuff like you know Maze Runner and um, Divergent. Uh, yeah, the Divergent series was very big on labels. Yeah, yeah like. Uh, giving these different groups different labels and you know constructing this universe really really carefully to the point where uh, the the authors don't really seem to know how to set a story in there any longer.
1: What's human about this? Yeah. I don't know all I know is how it's all I know is yeah. how it's arch. Yeah, A friend
0: friend of mine actually spent literally years constructing this complex universe and came up with all these characters with these complex backstories Mm. to the point where he never actually made the thing. He just had the
1: world. It becomes a math problem. And that's something that really, that I find very detaching. Mm. I had this problem with Tenet as well. Tenet is so obsessed with like telling you the rules of its time travel and how all of these action sequences play out and interconnect with one another that they never actually give us a story of note. Mm. you know like a protagonist with an interesting journey perhaps well, no it's just it's just about well, it's the building el- the world yeah, it's all the, about uh, i came up with a fun thing i didn't have a story to tell in that thing but i came up with a fun thing
0: yeah the elizabeth debicki character is the one with the story in that movie mm-hmm. and she's a supporting character
1: yeah it's it's yeah. it's weird and frustrating she's not yeah. even in the movie for like an hour or something it's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah um but uh, yeah that that's what hellstrom does it's yeah. it's setting up too much myth
1: and it also uh, feels like, it, I actually appreciated that, and again, this is based on a Marvel comic. It was supposed to be part of a Marvel sort of spinoff TV, group of TV series. It never directly connects to the Marvel Universe. They never talk about any Marvel Universe things. No. Um, unlike, say, the like, Netflix shows where they I think there was
0: do. like one line of dialogue where they talked about that like Iron Man is a real thing.
1: I didn't remember that. I think there was
0: like, just like in this passing reference, but that's as far as they went.
1: Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but they were clearly willing to just let this be off in its own little universe. And yet it still feels like they're doing the superhero version of it. Like there's all of this dialogue about how, you know, uh, I, yes, I know I got stabbed in the back with that magic blade, but I can heal. And I'm like, no one says that outside of a superhero thing. You'll (laughs) say like, I get better. You know, like I, I, I recover quickly. uh, You know, like, you know, you, you don't talk about like being nigh invulnerable unless you're in a superhero story. There are all these uh, terminologies that kind of trickled down into this.
0: Whenever a superhero has to describe what they can do. I always like when occasionally they'll, they'll say something like, yeah, I can climb walls. It's weird, right? I can climb. I can just put my hands on walls and climb up and yeah, stick. Say like it that. in a human way. Yeah. yeah. Um, when they say, "No, no, my powers are," I can't. Like they're reading off yeah. of the back of the superhero trading card. I'm
1: a level five telepath.
0: Yeah, my exact <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah. In the Generation X TV movie that we covered on Cancel Too Soon, they try. They don't use the word powers. Too often they, all, they always, but they always try to replace it with some like slang term. Like, "What's your dazzle?"
1: <laughs> well, that was a line of dialogue. They, they do it in this one. They just say, oh, "She has an ability." Yeah, I'm an like ability. we all have abilities. Yeah, or they're they're gifted. I have it's the, like, I, I have yeah. the ability to pick up this pen. I have oh, the, oh
0: wow, you did that well. I, I have here's the ability your, your to super make mac and tights, cheese yeah.
1: just by following the instructions. That's,
0: <laughs> oh. it's just that's not. Well, it's William, fun. are you mac and cheese pen man? <laughs> Is it you? Curses!
1: <laughs> Did I just rumble you? Uh, Did you just give yourself away? No, I can always delete this from the podcast. <laughs> as long as I remember later. Unfortunately, I'm Curses. not remembering, man. <laughs>
0: I am Proustman. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, back to Hellstrom. Mm. Oh, yeah, and they, also, uh, they, have, they, they also
1: have to come up with their own version of like the demons and stuff. They can't mm. just be, like, demons. They have to have their own rules. So, like, mm. one thing they have... And I think they did this just so that the demons couldn't just possess anyone at any time because it would be like too easy. Mm. Demons have to mark you before they possess you. Yeah. They have yeah. to like brand you or something with their magic or whatever like that, and then later on you can mm. be possessed. Yeah. Uh, Which is I guess it's fine. It's a different wrinkle so though.
0: We we don't get to see any sort of on-screen demons, they only possess people. The the demons uh,
1: are abstract. We kinda see there's, well, like there's this one, one there's, kind of weird monster mouth thing. You know, like they shove uh, yeah. inside someone's spine. Yeah, yeah, there's, that one's kind of gross. That,
0: that's like, yeah, it's like that. Th- it's like in Chronos, this little uh, widget has to bur- burrow its way into your body and yeah. then you're possessed. I think that's the closest that we get, other than like the. And there's one, one disembodied eye. Yeah, well, there's there's a uh, one one uh, man who's like physically ripped apart at one point, but like just his torso is still alive, and that's kind of freaky looking. Yeah, that's gross. but that's not like. We're no, we don't get to see like a gigantic demon with horns or anything on screen at all in this series, no. which I feel they're, they're is, trying I feel like to. It's, it's why hold back. Yeah. Well, uh, clearly they're restrained by a budget, and and, and Helstrom and or uh, Damon and Anna both one, have superpowers. Save
1: the money on one gas station. <laughs> save the money you would have spent to rent that gas station, mm-hmm. spend it on some makeup effects. Oh, they didn't rent the gas station; one. they were
0: just guerrilla style. <laughs> Can you filming here? No, no, get in the
1: car, quick, quick, quick.
0: We're Marvel. Bye. <laughs> uh but uh, they they a- Anna and Damon do have superpowers they're completely unspectacular superpowers they have kind of carry demonic powers they can float things with their minds occasionally mm-hmm. yeah they can both do that and uh, uh, he he can like yeah he can like set things on fire with his mind but he never does it in like a big way no he doesn't like set a bunch of people on yeah, fire or shoot
1: firebolts out of his eyes or something really mm-hmm. really cool no, like again. like it
0: just sort of appears and in fact we're introduced to him debunking a demonic possession like he's gone into uh, do an exorcism yeah at the behest of the catholic church i love this conceit in movies and tv that the catholic church have their own like cadre of cia agents out there Mm -hmm. investigating demon stuff uh and he finds that it's fake and in order to prove it's fake he's like no because i actually have hellfire and it likes makes little fires appear and then they go out and that's kind of all we see of it
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: later on, he like floats some people in the air in this really kind of wicked way.
1: But uh, oh, and he can yeah. also you can also and again exorcism is also one of his powers. He can
0: shove. A oh, demon that's right. Out yeah, he like body. puts his yeah. his hand on somebody's body and they and yeah. pushes demons out.
1: And then uh, Anna, in addition to being having all those telekinesis mm. powers, um, she can also drain the life out of somebody. Yeah. If she wants to. Or anything organic. There's like this one, probably like one of the coolest shots in the show, of which there are maybe Mm. three, uh, is uh, she gets some bad news and she's standing in front of like a flower shop Mm. and all the flowers behind her whizz Yeah, immediately wilt. Yeah, which is cute. There's not... uh...
0: But this goes to a larger problem. There's not a lot visually interesting about this show. It's all no. drab grays. It's all in shadowy locations. There's not a lot of uh, locations shooting.
1: Yeah. And again, the locations that they have, and, uh, room, yeah, room in, with a chair. Like and later it, on in yeah. like
0: episode eight, after uh, Mother slash Victoria has been taken out of her padded cell, there's a scene where Anna goes back to that padded cell and is just sort of sitting in it. And this is like she's criticizing the show. She's looking around saying... This is a drab interior, isn't it? Like, she actually says that in dialogue.
1: By that point, there's no reason for her to be in that room. Why are you Mm -hmm. even here now?
0: And she says something like, oh, I thought I'd get some energies out of here.
1: They just keep coming back to this room because they don't have that Mm -hmm. many locations. And at that point, you might have just fucked up.
0: I I thought that this was going to be one of those kind of protracted plots where we were eventually going to learn that the serial killer father that we don't Mm -hmm. really see a lot. Was, in fact, Satan. Actually Satan the was whole time. Like, was actually Satan the whole time. And was, like, yeah. sh- shapeshifted into a human, was causing, you know, killer mm. mischief, and, you know, fathered two children with a human woman, and then
1: fucked off back to hell. I kind of thought that's what they were getting and at. I guess they could still I, go uh, there. We never, we only, um, there's a bit of a coda, but we don't really meet the dad, mm-hmm. except in flashbacks, mm-hmm. for 99.999% of the show. Right. And, uh, and...
0: That would have annoyed me, too, because I feel like there was a previous era when the premise of the show would have been explained in, like, a credits montage. Like, yeah. so, like somebody would have narrated, yeah, my my father was a serial killer, but it was really Satan. Anyway, Hellstrom, the series, go! And, you know, like, so we know all of that already. We have that information.
1: Yeah, it really does feel like, because it's one of those stories where the origin should be pretty straightforward here. And yet we have to spend an entire season getting to it. And we kind of feel like we're ahead of it. Yeah. Like, just tell us at the beginning,
0: I'm the son of Satan. Done. My dad posed as a serial killer. We can get all of that information
1: in a couple sentences. Yeah. We don't and, need to drag it out the kind of the course And we're kind of waiting for it. We're not stupid. Yeah. Like, sometimes there are shows that are like, I hate it. You've got to stop doing this. People have got to stop doing this turning the basic concept of a thing into the twist
0: yeah like like yeah. when oh
1: like oh star trek into darkness it's con we figured
0: <laughs> we all guess <laughs> like start with that information yeah. is that an interesting story if you have to hide basic plot points yeah. from the audience exactly you can't
1: uh, you just you just can't do yeah. that so, or, like so a, it was... you, or like that new fantastic four movie they did with miles teller where yeah. at the end it's like what if we're the fantastic four What if you started there? What are you doing to (laughs) us? Why? So
0: so I was thinking, okay, so this was, in my mind, Hellstrom is a 90s character because that's when I read the comics. Yeah. I I know he was invented in the 70s and continued going. But Yeah,
1: that's fine. That's the whole thing with these ongoing characters. uh, The version you meet first is usually the version you latch onto. Not always, but usually. Usually. So I was thinking,
0: well, if... If if we're going to just sort of say it, why don't we just have a, a more episodic TV series where he fights demons every week? I would, in have fact, that. let's have a '90s series about somebody who came out of hell and now has to find demons and puts them back in hell and talks to Satan on the regular. On the regular, wait a minute, we have Brimstone. Uh, mm.
1: Brimstone is a good show. Really good show. <laughs> one of the better, one of the better like sci-fi fantasy yeah. shows we've done. Yeah, brimstone on too uh, soon. Actually, brimstone
0: came out in 1998, and it was that premise. It it had uh this uh it was a human who di- who
1: committed it was, suicide. He was, it was, a, he was and, a cop uh, who, who died, and mm-hmm. he was in hell for like he was you know he was a bad cop as yeah, well. yeah like, and he, he,
0: like he, he got a, like a revenge killing yeah. and yeah, so he yeah. went to hell. He
1: went to hell, and then a bunch of people in hell. Broke out. There was a prison break in hell, Mm. and the devil is only allowed to, like, affect Earth so much, so he makes this guy be his bounty hunter on Earth, and he's, every episode, he runs into a new demon from hell, and the demon, depending on how long you've been in hell, the more hell you've, like, absorbed, so, like, if people have been in hell for hundreds of years, they have these awesome, like, fire powers or shit, Mm. and... It was a pretty it's, damn good show. It's a fine
0: basic premise. Yeah. It leads to good episodic thing. I was thinking, do Hellstrom, but do it '90s style, shoot it on mm. video. You know, try to have it be really because, stylized. Yeah. And I realized we already had Brimstone, and we don't need Hellstrom in this form. Well, here's, a, Stretch, here's stretching mm. out this protracted. Uh, if your main character is the son of Satan, mm. you have to start in a bigger place than he has to discover things about his family. Yeah. You would think he would know all along,
1: Mm -hmm. especially if he has a pentagram. I mean, he knows he's got got superpowers and stuff, but like, Mm -hmm. here's, here's, here's what I think you need, because I think... I think we're finally starting... Thanks, Actually, thanks to The Mandalorian, I think people are starting to get a little bit more interested in episodic television than they were for a while. Okay. Uh, because they realize that it can be fun, exciting. There's a lot of different opportunities to explore different facets of a universe rather than just explore one through line the entire time. Um, but... Here you want to have an on because it's a story about a family and their connections and how everyone is estranged and they're dealing with these past traumas and mental health, which not very well served metaphor, but they're trying. Um, so they want to have a through line. You're dropping all of these at once. This is supposed to be binge viewing. So I understand why they didn't immediately gravitate towards episodic monster of the week. But if they had tried to at least do both. Uh If we had had a few more Damon Hellstrom adventures, which weren't just, ah, this kid is trapped in this loveless family where mom is an alcoholic and he's gay and, like, the dad doesn't seem to appreciate him, so that's why he's scribbling poo on the walls and pretending to be a demon. Like, that's just sad, dude. Mm. Like, no, we know demons are real. You know demons are real. Let's have, in addition to everything else going on, he has to do a few unrelated Monster of the Week type yeah, things. Well, just, to give us, just to give us, A, more stuff going on, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of downtime on this show. And B, to explore some different facets of the universe and to, make, and to make us excited about what else can happen, just in case the A story is boring as fuck.
0: Which it is. It is. I, and uh, that's something that we're missing in a lot of modern TV premise, what they're doing on a weekly basis. That was a a big frustration I had with that Shadowhunters TV series. Mm -hmm. It's like they were were always in such like breakneck uh, crisis mode about things that were affecting the very fabric of the universe we were in. Mm -hmm. What's your day job? What's the baseline?
1: A, what's the day job? B, what does the fabric look like on an an average day? That's my point. We need a baseline. You need something stories typically begin with, here's a status quo. Now, that status quo may or may not be more interesting than your daily life Mm -hmm. because that person has an interesting job or they're a superhero or they live in a fantastical planet or or whatever. But there's a standard status quo baseline. There is an everyday, here's what I would be doing if the plot didn't occur. Mm -hmm. And then the plot occurs. And it feels like a lot of these forget to give us that baseline so that we can connect to people and so we know what isn't isn't normal for them right one of the reasons why i realized the show wasn't connecting in the pilot was this is a horror show now Mm -hmm. is it a particularly scary horror show no and i don't think the show thinks it is either but it's still very very much a horror show it's about demonic possession it's about monsters serial killers and they're going for it this is they're completely embracing that that's what this is about The characters aren't afraid of anything. Damon Helstrom isn't afraid of anything. Anna isn't afraid of anything. And if they were maybe the only exceptions and everyone else was dramatically impacted by all of these nightmarish things going on, maybe they could have gotten away with that. But you can't have a successful horror premise if nobody feels intimidated, anxious, existentially crisis. The only Mm. character who goes through anything even remotely like that uh, is the nun, uh, Gabriella, played by Ariana Guerra, uh, who is an agent of the Vatican, and she's come she's, in she's to... She's the only, like, keep real eye.
0: human character on the show. Yeah,
1: and unfortunately, she's treated like a stick in the mud. Everyone's like, ah, oh, she's new, and she doesn't know what she's doing, and, ah, oh, she's inevitably going to fall for Damon. I'm not going to buy a fucking second of that, because they have no personality. And she doesn't actually represent any kind of normalcy because even then, she's, they say she spent like six years studying demonology. So it's so not Liz really all, that weird. And
0: she's already like friends with Damon, so yeah. she, And she knows he
1: has like demonic powers. She's never really all that intimidated. Mm. You can't have like only one character experiencing all the terror mm. because then they become the person getting in the way of mm. our fun. And they so do. So you need to have yeah. a sense. So basically the stakes on this show need to be high enough that the protagonists feel threatened and the most I get out of them is that they really feel uncomfortable talking about their, their oh, family baggage. Yeah. That's Well it. and and that that's what it becomes a show about
0: is them talking about their family baggage. And that's an interesting premise for a drama. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there are plenty of shows about family drama and family yeah. trauma and things that, uh, the way people, families get along. Yeah. That's many shows.
1: And indeed the supernatural yeah. element can be yeah. interesting with that. What's it but, like uh, being yeah. the family of Satan?
0: Yeah, there you go. That would and, be a
1: really weird family, but, wouldn't it? But you
0: know, sell it like, you know, dark shadows or the Adams family or something mm. where like they're in this normal, isn't quite normal for them, but right. you, we get a sense of how they live. Uh, if you're dealing with demonic powers, but your only focus is family drama, why do you have the demonic stuff? Yeah. Especially if you're not going to do anything really interesting with the demonic stuff. Uh, Damon has that pentagram on his chest, mm-hmm. but it's not like an old, old timey son of Satan comics where he, like it just sort of grew there or is branded on his chest. And he's going to like walk around with his shirt off, showing it off. It was something that his father did to him.
1: Yeah, and he's, like, ashamed of it. And he's yeah. trying to get it, like, covered in tattoos, mm-hmm. but the tattoos never take. Yeah, like, the, is... the, the ink goes away when he tries to yeah. tattoo over it. Like, a... Every time he uses his powers, like, that patch in his chest glows, like, white hot or whatever. Yeah, like, 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 that, a, like... and it'll
0: burn his shirt off, which, fine. He's Thanks. A, he's, he's a hunky guy. That's a yeah. <laughs> kind of a clumsy way to get a, get the protagonist out of his shirt, but there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it feels like they're kind of embarrassed by the Satan stuff. Yeah, They didn't really That's want to we're run here. with it. That's yeah. what
1: makes you a different show, uh-huh. is the Satan stuff. And I don't know if it's because it was connected, however... I mean, again, the name Marvel isn't really on this thing. They're not mm-hmm. super, like... They're not gung-ho about connecting it to anything. They weren't really advertising it that way. I think it's because it didn't come out very good. Because I think if it had been good, Marvel would have been like, Yeah, it's our new cool show! It's got demon stuff in it. Isn't this cool? But fortunately, since it's not good, it actually didn't connect very much. So we can distance ourselves from that. I've... I've
0: I've noticed something a little weird about a lot of modern superhero fiction. Uh, occasionally you'll have something like Aquaman, which just goes in with both feet. Yeah. Totally weird. It's like, yeah, they'll just, they'll end, just yeah. go in, bo- in completely bonkers territory. For I think, better or worse, oh, it's nuts. Um, to a lesser extent, guardians of the galaxy,
1: which feels yeah. a little bit more restrained, but, uh,
0: at, is, at the
1: time, eh. at the time that was pleasantly quirky for the other superhero stuff around. Yeah.
0: Compared to the, like, yeah. the other films, that was a was was breath of fresh of,
1: air at the time. Yeah. Um,
0: but a lot of, like, modern superhero fiction uh, is trying to distance itself from a lot of the traditional... When uh, oh, no, I say modern superhero fiction, I'm t- just talking about the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're uh, kind the trappings. of... trappings. Dif- distancing themselves from a lot of the superhero trappings. You look at, like, the, the superhero and Wonder Woman movies. They don't... Or Superman and Wonder Woman movies. They don't use those words, Superman or Wonder Woman, in the movies mm-hmm. anymore. I
1: think, no, uh, I think they did by the time... There's the, time a, of Super- the fr- Man of Steel didn't use Superman... Oh. I think Batman v Superman did.
0: Maybe I think they did because um,
1: they were talking about them on the news and shit. But when they confer- but Wonder yeah. Woman, yeah, they never called her. Wonder they never Man.
0: called her Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no uh, embracing of the heroism of it. They're trying to make them so human that they almost seem a little bit embarrassed to use the superhero names. That's yeah. true of the Avengers films. None of them have su- secret identities, not from each other and not from the world. They're just but sort I of out.
1: Care. Like I, it's like it's like when zombie movies yeah. don't use the word zombie. Now I know that yeah. comes from the George Romero movies initially not thinking of them as zombies yeah they just called them ghouls i think in in night of the living dead yeah because zombies meant something else and romero knew that Mm. but eventually the name took and after a while it's like dude just fucking call them zombies. we know what they fucking are every time you don't call them zombies oh we call them walkers Mm. well then what the fuck are you doing walking from place to place they're (laughs) zombies you know they're zombies. I know yeah. they're zombies. I so, know my mom is texting me. I will text I, her back in a I, minute. I know you're Captain America.
0: Do we have to call
1: you Steve? I... <laughs> Cap. Cap, Cap, call him Cap. We got a. Oh short yeah, name? That, call that's, him Cap. that's a nickname from the comics. Call yeah. him Cap. Call him Cap. <laughs> what do they use? What do they used to, used to call him. Uh, what are they, um, Shellhead. They used to call mm. Iron Man Shellhead. There were affectionate names yeah, for each other because can... it's a nickname on top of your nickname.
0: Also, here's a little extra drama. Okay, you got to hang out. But you have, you're you have a secret identity. Wouldn't it be great if Tony Stark was just hanging out in his suit at a bar, but he had the helmet on? Yeah. Because he had to keep keep his identity a
1: secret. Well, they don't do that anymore in the Marvel uh, Universe. Only, only, only... only Spider-Man has a secret identity yeah, anymore. And even that they ruined.
0: Yeah, and and there there was a cute uh, exchange uh, in uh, one. Of, I think it was uh, the Infinity oh, War anymore? movie. Yeah. It was, oh, like what's, it was like what's your name? Oh, I'm Doctor Strange. Oh, in that
1: case, I'm Spider Man. Like, I didn't thought, know we were using our made up names. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> Doc, his name is actually Doctor Strange, but that sounds like a superhero. That name. was a
1: good line. It, it was that cute. was was a funny line. It was
0: cute, but it did point out that these people don't have their superhero names. They don't need their superhero like, names. Like that's the, the time. title, yeah. but you know what? They never called her Captain Marvel. They only ever called her Carol.
1: I, you probably I, have, I yeah. only saw that movie once, so I can't really like say yes or no. But mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. They 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 so don't. It's in, in the
0: in this Hellstrom show, they never say he's Hellstrom. He's the son of Satan. They, the Guardians
1: of, of the Galaxy called themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Uh, yeah, but it was ironic in that like, that case. True, but yeah. So we were the Guardians of the Galaxy. Ha ha ha! What a stupid name. You know that that was that was
1: their excuse. <sighs> so so, that's kind of the, one of the problems with a lot of the Marvel stuff yeah. is that they're just. What's, it, what's the word again? Is it dardonic? Uh,
0: bathos is bathos. the word you're looking for. I to call yeah. it
1: dardonic. It's, um, Bathos uh, is when you, uh, you build up under, something... Undercut un- drama with humor. Yeah. Yeah. You build up something really, really dramatic, and then you do something funny that makes it less dramatic. Mm. And whenever Marvel does it, it always just seems like they're a little embarrassed. And I'm like, you can stop now. It yeah. was cute at first because it was kind of hard to take superheroes sort of unironically completely like just yeah. being a totally sincere like it's like no we're, we're having fun we're having fun it's okay you can like this it's okay mm. we're cool by the time you did an end game yeah we're, we're good just like good. we're, have, we're, we're gigantic, doing weird shit all the time like, now yeah, it's fine you have, you
0: have like magic stones fighting yeah. through space and giant purple warrior monsters everyone yeah. and
1: everyone can't be flip and that's mm. something that frustrated me about this show which even though it's not mcu proper everyone's flip
0: but they're Damon? not flip enough because they're
1: not... Yeah. If you're
0: going to be flip, at least make it funny. Yeah. So we can laugh a lot, even if we're not getting into the, the yeah. headiness of
1: the drama, we can at least appreciate the humor, yeah. some levity. I feel like Sydney Lemon at least believed her character was cynical and a flip. Mm-hmm. Like, I believed her. I didn't always like her. That's, that's okay, too. She's not supposed to be a very likable person a lot of the time. She's supposed to be kind of this, um, you know, frustratingly aloof questionably wicked presence. Mm. Um, but you know, I at least believed her detachment. I believe that it made yeah. sense. Um, da- uh, Damon, I didn't even believe it half the time. No, Cause like his whole thing is he's actually like, he's really supposed to be sincere. a really moral character. He's really yeah. moral. He's really family oriented. He really cares about his mom and he's made all of these sacrifices for her. His emotional detachment feels fake. His emotional detachment feels like an affect of the show, yeah, not of the character. And that's one of the things that started to piss me off. We're, we, we need to do a quick run through of the actual plot. Okay, yeah. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this because, again, there's really not that much of it. Mm-hmm. First, t- step, first, 10
0: episodes mm-hmm. that they all run together. They all run together that, in yeah. one
1: big storyline. So, the basic gist of it is first episode, we already introduced it. Uh, Damon lives in Portland. His mother is in a mental institution. He works side gigs as an exorcist. And his sister is an antiquities dealer who has been killing serial killers on the side. And she has run into a magic skull, which will be important later. And they are both trying to save their mom. But their mom, and the demon within her more specifically, has raised some demons from hell. And is trying to uh, enact some sort of wicked plan. So now demons from hell are starting to possess more people. Those people are doing horrible things and that's going to sort of irrigate the next few episodes with incident and subplot. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Meanwhile, uh, we've got this young nun who is or novitiate, I guess. She's not actually a nun yet, Uh, which is the plot point they put in when they think maybe we'll want to turn it into a love story. Which is very cynical of them, and I again just makes her feel like a plot point more than a character. But, and when they go there, it's like the least convincing thing. It's so fucking weird. Right. And it, it, I'll say this: the show actually gets a little bit more interesting the last couple of episodes, mm. but not much. Not yeah, not, not, much. not, not, not uh, a whole lot. We, we were introduced to this secret organization called the Blood. The Blood actually has a premise that I haven't seen. Okay, uh, is that we can't fight demons. Even if we were able to exorcise demons, all they do is go fuck off to hell, and then they'll come back and possess someone else. Mm. It really doesn't change anything. We save this person, but someone else is doomed. So in, in and it, it's clever, but it's also questionably ethical. And I, I wish we had some sort of ethics professor here to talk about this, which he never does. Wouldn't it be nice if they talked about that? Uh, they have a scheme, which is when they find someone who is possessed, they induce a coma and they just leave them that way mm-hmm. and that way yeah when the person dies eventually the demon will be released but they're off the board like yeah. the piece is off the board they're not causing any trouble for decades maybe even the better part of a century depending on how old the person that they infected was which is i haven't seen that mm. i actually haven't seen that. that's kind of interesting i think that was uh, one of the premises of The
0: Highlander show, though. Oh, did
1: they do that in Highlander? They did! They they did. They they they, were like people who wanted to die, but they couldn't or something?
0: Well, yeah, like, well, somebody gets a bunch of powers if they kill all the immortals. So there there was a bunch of people who decided to just sort of hang around in a basement room and essentially turn to stone after Mm, a while. They were in comas.
1: Yeah.
0: And they couldn't be harmed and they were in a hidden location. So no one would ever be able to kill all of the immortals because some of them are hidden somewhere.
1: I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That was in, wasn't that in like Endgame or something? It was in one of, yeah, uh, one of the movies based on the show. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, meanwhile, the demons got a mom and it's like, eh, mom stuff. And they're just like, oh no, our mom and mm. have mixed feelings about our mom. I'm like, so do I. Ah. And, um, then, then Yen, uh, mm. starts like getting obsessed with the skull and he's just like, ah, I really like this skull ah, skull but, stuff.
0: But it doesn't do anything to him. It doesn't, no. it doesn't give him superpowers. Well. It doesn't monsterfy him. It later does.
1: No, later it does. First off, it makes him, like, kill a couple guys, so that's bad. Well, but, like, yeah. he was helping her kill people anyway, so it's kind of a lateral move. Later on in the show, after she manages to save him from the skull's influence, he actually turns out that the demon from the skull has, like, found its way into his throat, and he's just got an eyeball in there, and it tells him things, and he's become, like, the new keeper. And I'm like fuck what, you what is a keeper what is oh, that what are you up. talking about shut up they call me the keeper uh, i've been ex- exasperating <laughs> um and uh so that'll be a thing later um mm. they've got to anna's got to get over her baggage and become one with the family and realize that her mom loves her and she does uh, Damon's got to fight a bunch of the, demons, the, the, so she he to, does.
0: But she and and Louise Hastings' character have to confront Mother uh, in the big climax and uh, reach this point where
1: they might actually have to kill Mother. Yeah. Just to save her. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mother's demon, the, the demon mother's demon children are trying to rescue her. One of them has, like, c- kind of, I wish we'd gotten a bit more good looks at it. He's got, like, this chest. That like pulls into open a mouth, into, yeah. into a giant mouth, and it's like this weird sort of fleshy sort of tooth hmm. hole. I don't it's, even know. It's what It's that call it. that thing from Star Wars, Sarlacc. The Sarlacc, a bit of a Sarlacc, yeah. Hmm. Um, but the the good Sarlacc, not the one with like the weird Audrey tooth thing in it from the special edition. Um,
0: oh no, did they add
1: something? Yeah, they added. They didn't have like a like a like a weird sort of mouth on it. Like, oh, I, I, I don't remember. I've, I, remember, I saw. I
0: right. saw the original. I saw the the special edition. I, that's. I've only watched yeah, it twice. Yeah. So. I think
1: I've only. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what am I doing? Here? Uh, so they they fight that thing, and then the, their mom escapes, and infects more people, and then and then the mom is actually trying to. Okay, and basically, all the, all <laughs> the, the shit way, happens. All uh, the, Anna, this rambling
0: way you're describing it is perfectly encapsulating the tone of this yeah, show. But imagine,
1: imagine if the explanation I gave, with as much as I gave you. Took eight hours Yeah That's where we're at um, Anna actually is able to rescue her mom But she does it in sort of a workaround kind of way Because what she does is The demon leaves your body when you die So finally she grabs a pillow One floor of the cuckoo's nest style And suffocates her mom until she dies And the demon vanishes And then they resuscitate her mom Yeah Big gamble but it does like might not solve be able to her, but, but it yeah. does solve the issue And at that point Damien hears about this on the phone He's like oh that's Kind of thought I was going to be the one to do something like that That's a little anticlimactic And then the nun's just like I'm in love with you for plot reasons yeah. And he's like alright I'm going to leave the room And I hope you don't become infected by a demon while I'm gone And so he does And so she does and she becomes infected by the ghost of mother who was his mother for the last 20 years and then they have sex (laughs) and i will say this right now at that point i'm like well at least it got interesting Mm -hmm. didn't see that one i didn't think they were gonna go that far in this really sort of half-hearted show would have
0: more been more twisted if they went full game of thrones with it and i had Mm -hmm. like like actual incest on the show, but they didn't do
1: that. No, 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 no. But it's it's creepy enough. It's mm. more than creepy enough. And then they wake up in like this weird room. He's been possessed by a demon, and she's like eight and a half weeks pregnant. Um, sorry, weeks, months, months, yeah, eight and a half months pregnant. And like rather suddenly. And at, and at first you think for yourself, oh, did we just jump ahead like eight and a half months? That'd be kind of cool. And then you realize, no, she. It's just one of those magical pregnancies. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Because we,
0: we need the child to play a role in this, but we we can't write eight months worth of show in between then and now. Why so. not?
1: Everything else got resolved. You get yeah. to see like Anna like having like a good relationship with her mom, but Hellstrom's been missing for eight months. What an interesting mystery! You could have done that. Yeah. Um, but instead, uh, they gotta like she escapes and they gotta protect the baby. It turns out the 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 demon mother had sex with Hellstrom. To get the nun pregnant so that she could give birth to the demon mother in a human form so she wouldn't have to possess anybody she'd just be human or or flesh anyway. Um, And then the nun's just like, I should really kill this baby. And so everyone's just like, ooh, if only we had an ethics professor. And we don't. So... uh, (laughs) An ethics professor. If you write an ethics professor into the show, have an ethics professor in
0: the writer's room as well. Right? (laughs) To bring shit up. Something. And so
1: Damon ends up spending a lot of time in Mom's padded cell because, I don't know, I guess that was the one that was available since Mom wasn't using it. And so... He's trying to exercise himself, which is another thing I haven't seen. Uh, and I thought mm. that was potentially kind of interesting. We didn't really go very far with it, but interesting idea. The power of Christ compels me. Me! <laughs> <laughs> um, and he manages to, like, save himself and stuff, and they try to fight off all the demons, and they fight off all the demons, and then the nun gives birth to the mom, and it's, they're just like, yes, we're going to, you're going to die as soon as the demon child is born. But first let's surround her with some nice votive candles. Let's make it look nice. Which they do and I thought that was hilarious. Um, Make it look ethereal and weird and freaking. No, we want you to be comfy. I mean, like we're not, put her in the comfy chair. (laughs) Oh, very nice. Monty Python reference. Um, But uh, yeah, and then everything uh, is sort of fine. Anna... Re- reassembles her dad's magic serial killer knife and stabs Damon in the spine and pulls out the thing in his spine. By the way, there was a thing in his spine. That, and, and
0: Which, it's not established that she knew that, so... As far as, is, as far as as far as she knows, is. she could just be stabbing her brother, but it turns yeah. out she skewered the thing inside of him. I feel like
1: it's kind of in there, but they don't really cover it very well. The, and, the, uh, the
0: demon knife, by the way, is really significant. It's one of the only things that can uh, hurt Damon and Anna. Yeah, uh, that they can't heal from. They have like super healing powers
1: as well, we, which I've mentioned that yeah, they think and they talk about it awkwardly. Yeah,
0: and uh, and by the end, when uh, Damon is finally holding the knife, we get a little bit of a glimpse of like that. Fiery pitchfork from the comics,
1: yeah, like when he picks it up, it like, like a, becomes this, like larger and demonic in some way and that's kind of cool,
0: like it it doesn't grow into a bigger object,
1: we just sort of see these
0: floating flames
1: well, like and he sort pulls it up and shape. like the fire like pulls back with it and yeah. makes it really long and like a spear and it's kind of cool it look yeah for a moment it's kind of cool yeah. and um and um and um yeah, and but, then everything's basically fine, uh the nun actually uh has herself. A nice beverage with the bad guys from the blood, and like that's her last scene is she just drinks some booze with them.
0: Well, she she's fallen at this point. Uh, Through over the course of the series, she keeps on saying things like, "Gee, I don't know if I can handle any of this stuff anymore." And getting possessed and giving birth to a demon baby was too much for her. So now she's she's uh, leaving the Catholic Church. She's lost her faith, and now she's going to fight demons with the blood. But
1: I'm telling you that for a let's assume it was a season finale, Mm. it's a pretty limp season finale. If it's just like, oh, no, she had two fingers of booze. Well, she,
0: I think it was established earlier that she didn't drink. It's, so that's, not, that's very that's it's not, not very strong. It's
1: not fucking son of Satan in and, this uh, thing.
0: And then we fast forward to a little epilogue yep. with uh, with Shocker. Uh, Shocker shows up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not from the Marvel Comics. Oh, no,
0: not not Marvel Comics Shocker. From the Wes Craven film Shocker.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh. So it, So it turns out that the little girl... Uh, Who was? They decided to uh, uh, Yen was going to raise the little girl because, like, yeah, she's she's a demon, but she's also part human, and we have to give her the chance that we gave to Damon and Anna to prove herself to be human, prove themselves to be decent. You know, if only we had an ethics professor (laughs) who who could easily raise her. Uh, uh, So. They say it's, like, eight months later, but now she's, like, four. So I guess she's aging very rapidly, mm. which will allow them to have her be, like, a prominent character in, like, a season without without waiting for the rest of the cast to get old, which is, mm. frankly, lazy writing. But okay. <laughs> um, and uh, so Yen is off with her, and they're doing, I don't know, daddy-daughter stuff. And then who shows up but Mitch Pileggi from the <laughs> X-Files. He was also Shocker. Hmm. And uh, he turns out, th- the implication is that he was Anna and Damon's dad. Yeah. Uh, and he it, insists that the girl call him Papa. He also refers to her by her real name, Lily. So she's probably Lilith. Lilith, okay. Fine. Uh, and, uh, he reveals his power that just when he's around, people just die in waves, which is admittedly kind of cool. Yeah.
0: I, I thought it was going to be revealed that he was uh, one of the four horsemen.
1: That would like be cool. He, he
0: was plague or death, you know? Mm. Uh, but yeah, he,
1: he's, he's, if, if anyone is Satan, if they're going to go for like, he's Satan, that might be Satan, mm. but they never explicitly say it. And who can say really? Yeah. So he's, you know,
0: that, that's the the cliffhanger we went out on. Yeah. Um, that last shot was really cool. Was there, there, there's, there's there walk, walking through a crowd. And couple just and there. Yeah. A couple of moments
1: here and there. A couple of moments where you're just like, that was briefly of note. But golly, what a boring show. Boring presentation. Yeah,
0: it doesn't look good. It yeah. doesn't have big ideas mm-hmm. in it. This is all knockoff stuff uh, from you know, filtered way down mm-hmm. through various exorcist
1: imitators. The best part of this show besides a couple of performances here and there Mm -hmm. i think um sydney lemon does an admirable job with what she's given but all she's really allowed to do is steal scenes Mm -hmm. and it's hard to build a character around that um and i think elizabeth marvel is very very good yeah uh but i think the best part of this show and i mean by far the credits Uh,
0: the The credits are good (laughs) the uh the opening credits are really cool. There's, yeah. It's like an animated sequence, but it's all like uh, black and white sketchy kind of uh, like, animation. Like,
1: like a small child was like drawing their life mm. story, but their life story was full of horror. And mm. so they were doing it in a very impressionistic uh, way.
0: But the music is uh, counter-programming this kind of like really light, ter- vague, turns vaguely demonic by the end, doo-wop song. Yeah. And the closing credits over every episode, they license some really cool old 60s the doo-wop number. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't operate in sort of contrast yeah. with everything we're seeing. Yeah. and
1: it's, it, do- it doesn't function very well, but those are good songs. Well, it kind of, sometimes it does, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Sometimes a song makes sense. Yeah. But what those what those closing songs do is provide a sort of amusing, dramatic counterpoint to what we're seeing. Which would have been nice in the show if you have some sort of counterpoint. You have some sort of up and down. Yeah, You have... Something that sort of adjusts or negates our expectations. Because once you get a sense of what this show is, mm-hmm. that's the show. It does not deviate. Yeah. You need something surprising, something weird, something off kilter, something funny sometimes would be fine. Like it doesn't have to be hilarious, mm-hmm. but something funny, something genuinely scary We need the the needle on the fucking graph (laughs) needs to go up and down a little bit. On the seismograph, you know? It is rock steady throughout this whole show. And then that opening is actually, it has a point of view. Mm. It is about, it's from the perspective of children dealing with their nightmarish upbringing. Which is a really solid premise for an ongoing story is people... Recovering from horrifying baggage From trauma mm-hmm. And unfortunately you've got characters Who are so flip we don't really deal with that yeah. And they're constantly being thrown From one generic Horror show situation into From one into another mm-hmm. So we never really get to fully appreciate Their actual psyche The closest we get Is wow things sure do look grey
0: <laughs> I guess they're feeling
1: Kind of Gray. Gray. That's it. That's all we've got.
0: Hmm.
1: Was Hellstrom canceled too soon? No, it was not canceled too soon. <laughs> no, it was not. I would I would love to see it rebooted because there's a good the the core idea is well, fine. Well the, the character
0: is fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say the core idea for the show is fine. No, and, no, no. Uh, but it, the core idea to make a show about the character. That's yeah, I mean. okay. That yeah. that's an okay idea. Mm. Damon Hellstrom could be a fun character. Anna Hellstrom could be a fun character. Mm. Um, the idea of doing a story about what demonology is like in the Marvel Universe. That's a fun idea. Mm. I would like to see a show about all of those things if it was in any way entertaining or, and or scary. Mm. And it's neither. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's,
0: but yeah, but we, you've said it all. It's, there, there's like an occasionally a scary demon. Yeah. There's a, a, I mentioned earlier there's a character that gets like ripped limb to limb and then like the torso is all mutilated but it's still alive yeah and that thing is kind of cool looking
1: there's an interesting bit where uh, like right. uh, uh, Anna has to there's a body in her warehouse full of antiquities and she's got to clean it up and she's using like her telekinesis to like knit the body back together so it'll fit in a bin <laughs> yeah, and yeah I, that's kind of cool and then I was like okay
0: seen that that's kind of fun okay that's different but those little flashes aren't nearly enough to save a single episode much less the whole show it doesn't
1: feel inspired Mm. it doesn't feel like this is a show that need someone it never feels like someone needed to make this Mm. this is like there's a bit of advice it's really old lately i've heard kevin smith talking about it a lot and i think it's good advice which is when you're deciding what to write or what to make Mm -hmm. make what you want to see yeah that's it If you want to see it, and if you have even halfway decent taste, other people are going to want to see it too. That's the idea. Sometimes shows feel like they're made for what everyone else wants to see. And those are the shows that feel really disingenuous. Like they're just ticking off boxes. What's popular right now? And those shows very rarely are successful. And if they are successful, it's usually because at some point they clicked and someone actually did enjoy making them. But For a show to be successful, for any art to be successful, you want someone who actually cares enough about it and says, I can't wait for someone to see this. Mm -hmm. And I never got that feeling from Hellstrom that someone was like super excited, I can't wait for people to see all the cool stuff we put in this show. Yeah, It always feels like I can't wait for people to see how efficiently produced this show was. That's what it feels like.
0: And that's how, how, how well this is going to fit into a new corner of this bigger business
1: franchise. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: that's all I got out of it. And yeah. Even, even in humans, mm. in humans
0: was bad. Oh, but it, it, it was had, weirder than this. It had some weirdness to it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't sense a lot of passion, but at least they're going with like weird imagery. There
1: are some characters who are kind of fun. Karnak, mm. they clearly thought that was a breakout character. And he was mm. most entertaining character on that show. But yeah, here there's just nothing about it that makes you go, "Wow, they really liked that." Mm. They were really into that.
0: So, uh, I I do take some comfort in the fact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has dominated discourse and popular culture and the box office for the better part of a decade, mm-hmm. and it still has the ability to just suck out loud. There are some parts of it that they're just not really paying close attention to, mm-hmm. and that there is a modulation in quality. They've, they've kind of run steadily around three stars throughout the
1: movie. That's, that, and that's And that, yeah. honestly, we, we do need to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Consistent three, three and a half star yeah. action movies for a decade, doing like two or three a year, that's not easy. That's yeah, hard to it's, do that. It's, it's,
0: they've maintained a, a pretty good quality. Yeah. A lot of them aren't necessarily, you know, complex or interesting. They don't no. have like big ideas in them, but, but they're, they're
1: reliable. There's real, a reason hard, why yeah, we keep coming reliably back. Reliably entertaining,
0: colorful action yeah. series of movies. Yeah. And, Sometimes uh,
1: they're great, usually they're just okay.
0: And a lot of people have in their minds, oh well, clearly they're thinking these things out. They're plotting them very carefully. And seeing a show like Hellstrom makes me realize a lot of it has been kind of have been very lucky <laughs> that they've a been able of, to stay at that goal. The longer
1: it goes along, the more you realize how much of this was seated the pants. Yeah. yeah they're, <laughs> they're 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 kind of making it up. It doesn't fit together super well. Yeah. And, and that's what happens. That's how comic you know, and, books were over time. Mm-hmm. Initially it was pretty simple. And, and Hellstrom All the was like, doing their own thing one, and then it a little complicated, a mm-hmm. little more complicated, and, and
0: occasionally, a, occasionally a scene will split, and something like Hellstrom will drop out, or the Inhumans <laughs> will drop out. It's like, oh, Finally, some some shabbiness in this thing that looks so slick,
1: and that's what I'm more interested in. So you're saying it was canceled? It was canceled too soon. No you I'm, more crappy. Uh, no, thing. no, I'm I'm
0: I'm just relieved that that we had some shit from
1: Marvel. <laughs> okay, well, that's an interesting bright side. Um, so that is it for canceled too soon this week. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, for the next few episodes, uh, all of our episodes have been voted on by our patrons over at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. We gave them a whole bunch of TV shows uh, that were recently canceled, canceled in the last year and lasted only one season or less. And uh, the next winner, the next episode is also on Hulu. Hooray. This one got better reviews. Uh, We're going to be talking about the TV series based on high fidelity. Uh, which was a very successful John Cusack romantic movie and was also based, based on a, a hit book. Based on a novel, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about the TV series of that on the next episode of Cancel Too Soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Critic Acclaim. I am at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. If you want to talk about anything that happened in this episode, you want to talk about any of the topics we discussed, you want to tell us how much you loved Hellstrom and have we missed the point, I'd be fascinated to hear it. Please let us know. Uh, You can email us letters at criticallyacclaimed.net, and we might read your email on an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail right here at the Critically Acclaimed Network where we have the majority of our shows. The rest of our shows, our exclusive shows, are over at our Patreon. Patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. We have polls to determine future episodes of our shows uh every single patron regardless of what tier can vote on those polls we also have exclusive shows shows about uh the 1960s live action batman we have shows about star trek every single episode shows about every single film ever nominated for best picture shows about uh what should be on disney plus but mysteriously is not coming up this month condor man
0: <laughs> yay we're gonna have
1: that conversation about condor man speaking of uh superheroes owned by the disney corporation (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh yeah and of course we do commentary tracks we're doing a goofy movie this month uh a lot of stuff a lot Mm. of stuff going on over at our patreon very special thank you to all of our patrons without whom this show would not exist so thank you once again and that is a wrap we will see you next season